hit me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Insaner. Salute tone, estes me, Tyson Saner, and I both happily and gratefully welcome you to this episode of Succotash, whose number is 306. Could I have picked a clunkier way to say that? Perhaps so. It's hard to say. It is, however, very easy to say. Thank you for listening, so I'll do that now. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far into the intro, I think we will get along just fine. I share hosting duties of this podcast roughly every other week with Mark Hershon, who created this show 11 years ago to showcase other folks' podcasts in a Whitman sampler-style format. And last week in show 305, Mr. Hershon did just that with an episode called Clips on a Whim that featured a quartet of clips from the soundcast's entry level, Last Things First, Parks and Recollection, and Time Suck. It's a fun episode, and I encourage you to listen to it at your earliest convenience via services like Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Podchaser.com, Podbay, YouTube, and on our own home site, SuckatashShow.com. This week, I've got clips for you from the soundcasts The JV Club with Janet Varney, The Writer's Panel, and The Boogie Monster. I've also got an ad from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, kicking around somewhere, so that should round out the episode nicely. All right, then, let's get to the clippage. First up, the JV Club with Janet Varney from Janet Varney and Maximum Fun. Its show description says, Remember what it was like to be an awkward teenager? And remember how some things haven't really changed that much for you since then? Join proud dork Janet Varney as she explores the highs and lows of the bygone years with some of her favorite women as they talk their way through the terrible teens into adult lessons. Adult lessons. Warning, this podcast contains sincerity. Clip I've selected is from an episode published on May 28, 2020, with Caitlin Hugh and Stephanie Erb. The episode description says, It's a special three-hander. Six-hander? Triple-header? Whether any of that accurately describes this week's episode in slang, JV welcomes both Caitlin Hugh and Stephanie Erb from Therapy with Pammy for a chat about growing up in one place versus moving all over and all the things that come with both. Top hats. Frizzles. Bread, bread, bread. Let's dive in. Let's hear about let's hear about the show. Yeah. Well, I love your podcast and how it's about the adolescence and actually just listening to it a little bit leading up to this got me thinking about so many things from middle school <laughs> yes. and high school that I can't wait to dive into later. Whoa. I, and that's like not territory I go into often because it was so painful <laughs> and strange and hard and weird and confusing no matter what where you were on the landscape of things but um yeah so Stephanie and I co-created a show called Therapy with Pammy and it was born out of improvising backstage doing theater which we love and we cannot wait to do again when it's safe absolutely um we're both we're both members at the Road Theater Company and we were doing a world premiere of a new play by Jamie Branley and um I have had this character Pammy for probably 10 years. Uh, 
And she tends to come out when there are bright lights and makeup mirrors. <laughs> and Stephanie discovered her backstage. And and I basically got a hairbrush and I was like, this character is so odd. I must ask her questions. <laughs> so I started uh, doing a basic talk show. Every night I'd ask her a pointed question and she would answer and it would and hilarity would ensue. And <laughs> I started recording them and posting them on Facebook and people were losing their minds. So I was like, as I've been an actress for a very long time and I realized I wanted to start making content myself because it's just not always, I don't always have access to what I would love to be doing. Absolutely. Um, And I do enjoy making people laugh. And so I asked Caitlin if she'd like to try to make a TV show and she said yes, and then she's incredibly good at uh, crowdsourcing people of talent to help. We can us. call it producing. Yeah. We can okay. There you producing. go. She's a, she's a <laughs> boss babe producer. I think that's what that's she, right. uh, That's what she I'm is. I'm stepping into the big. I'm stepping into the big girl pants. That's right. right now. That's right. And um, yeah, I have been producing uh, my own music videos for. I had produced four different music videos over the years, and. I release my music and I work with producers who do the actual audio recording of my music, but then the videos were so fun and I was, I, I was intimidated to work with sound. So I had just been doing music videos and they're very, they're a very forgiving format and sort of teaching myself filmmaking through Mm. that. And then, um, then Pammy came along and it was like, okay, this is something we could do. We can isolate it in one location, keep it simple, get some friends together, call in some favors come out with a fun little beat sheet of things that Pammy might want to discover in therapy. I had actually just come out of a year in talk therapy and I couldn't help but think as I was in my therapist's office, like sometimes laying on the couch, but it also felt very dramatic to be laying on the couch. (laughs) But some days I was so tired. I was like, can I just lay down? I'm just talking about things and being like, gosh, these are such good monologues. (laughs) um, I think the other thing that's interesting about Pammy is she's very much stuck at maybe 11 years old. Wouldn't you think she's not really, she's not a fully developed human. So the Dr. L's a lot there. Dr. L's goal is to help her grow up. And, you know, Caitlin and I are by no means anti-therapy. We both have had great assistance from it. We've also had weird totally. situations where the therapist <laughs> is loony. I had a situation where a therapist fell asleep while I was talking to her. Oh, so God, what a classic. We, but the, what a classic <laughs> with a thing you're like, that would never happen in real life. Guess what? It totally happens. We have a tiny blooper episode where... Dr. L, my character, falls asleep. Um, but we just found that it was a way, a sort of life-affirming way to make people laugh and also make fun of an iconic character type that we have in our culture right now, which is the socialite influencer. But yet she's a real person who might need a lot of help, right. you know? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's great. It, it, I, I love everything you're saying. One of the things that um, I don't know why this this kind of stuck with me. Uh, I love I love the idea of of doing something that's intimidating, but 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 if there's a way to do it that removes like one factor that like you were talking about the difference between editing sound and editing a music video, where you have this capacity to be working with a pre existing track that you know, allows you to kind of throw out one of those things that feel so intimidating about about filmmaking. Um, 
and 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 then that becomes like the gateway into okay well now all of the other stuff that also maybe was intimidating to begin with I had a chance to get to know on a, in, in a more friendly way kind of and then to be mm-hmm. able to introduce that next piece um it just that just struck me because I thought what a yeah. what a wonderful thing for people to think about that I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to think about which is this idea of like here's this one thing I'm interested in I better get really good at every aspect of it as soon as possible with a sense of real urgency so that I lose all joy in it uh, <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than yeah. like well wait a minute let me think this through like it's sort of funny because we I guess we live in a culture of such technology and such immediacy that um, that we see other people be good at stuff especially in that realm and kind of go oh well things are advanced to the point now where like how could I learn you know I don't I'm a Luddite or Mm -hmm. and 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 that I don't know that just really struck me it really inspired me in late April this year this soundcast published what looks to be their 500th episode which is a pretty tremendous milestone so I would like to extend a belated congratulations to them you can find the show on Twitter at JV Club Podcast, that is at J-V-C-L-U-B-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, that is all lowercase, and in its description it says, a podcast with amazing ladies hosted by at Janet Varney, so it gives her Twitter handle there, which is all lowercase again, J-A-N-E-T-V-A-R-N-E-Y, and it says it posts Thursdays on Maximum Fun, and then the reason why I included this description is because it says tweets by Chris M. Royce. So if I'm to interpret that in my head, it it seems that there's somebody else who tweets for that Twitter account. Uh, But you can reach him at uh, all lowercase C-H-R-I-S-M-R-O-Y-C-E. Guest Caitlin Hugh can be reached at all lowercase K-A-I-T-L-I-N-H-U-W-E. Stephanie Erb can be reached at Erbness, that is capital E-R-B-N-E-S-S. You could find the JV Club's website at thejvclub.org. That is all lowercase T-H-E-J-V-C-L-U-B dot org. And if you Google therapy with Pammy, that is Pammy with an I, P-A-M-I, one of the first links is a Facebook page that lets you watch something pretty much immediately. Next up, the writer's panel from Forever Dog. Its show description says, The Definitive Insider's Guide to Our Current Golden Age of Television, Ben Blacker's The Writer's Panel, is an ever-expanding anthology of live convention panels and intimate in-studio interviews with the writers, producers, and showrunners responsible for all the shows you can't stop watching. Over the course of nearly 500 episodes and counting, hmm, the Writer's Panel has sat across from guests such as Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad, Amy Sherman Palladino from Gilmore Girls and The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, Liz Merriweather of New Girl, and Damon Lindelof of Lost and The Leftovers to talk about the art and business of creating great television, produced by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The clip I've selected is from an episode, going back in time once again to 2020, this time October 6th, features three guests, Mary Laws of Monsterland, Brandon Braga of Books of Blood, and Matt Morgan from Hellstrom. And then a brief description that includes the guests' roles in their projects, says a panel interview with Mary Laws, who is the creator of Monsterland. Brennan Braga, the director-slash-co-writer of Books of Blood, and Matt Morgan, who's the producer of Hellstrom. And, of course, it is hosted by Ben Blacker. Mary, I want to start with you on this, because I, I think Monsterland is just a fascinating show. Um, I, I really enjoyed those short stories when I read them, and it's really neat to see the tone and the themes of those stories carried over to the screen um, really yeah. successfully. Um, Thank you. I'd like to talk about your getting involved with this show and 
what is the idea behind it? What are, what is what are you using horror to talk about, if anything? Sure. I mean, so I started as a playwright um, and was kind of hired to write this screenplay with Nick Reffin while I was finishing up a playwriting degree and honestly had really no, uh, um, I had never thought about writing for film and television and I had especially never thought about writing for horror. But what I learned um, as I sort of jumped onto that boat and just kind of like started paddling with, with Nick was that horror is a really incredible um, form of social commentary. Um, I think that, you know, my experiences of the world are both equal parts, um, beautiful and, and brilliant, but also completely horrific. I'm, I think we could look at the world around us right now and we can see a lot of that horror um, coming to the surface. And uh, there's a lot of private horror that's becoming public. Um, I think the internet has, you know, made that possible. And so what I really like about the genre is that you're able to approach some of those um, harder, more painful um, su subjects um, from, from a place of, of genre. And I think maybe it, to me, it feels more approachable, I guess, than seeing that for in, as like a straight drama or something like that. Um, I, I hardly ever write straight drama. In fact, when I worked on Succession, which was a really fun and, and, uh, happy show to be a part of. It was a very happy room. Jesse Armstrong is an incredible person um, to work for. I found that to be sort of harder for me um, because uh, even though it's, you know, it's a satire and there's a lot of humor, I, I find that I can talk about something more if it's a little bit elevated. And so to me, horror really gives, gives me that way in, um, which is why I loved uh, Nathan Ballingrud's book, North American Lake Monsters, which Monsterland is loosely based off of. We're an eight-part anthology series, and so some of our eight episodes are direct adaptations from his book. Some are inspired by stories from his book. Uh, some are sort of monsters of our own creation. Um, he got to be a part of the writer's room with us for uh, two weeks at the very beginning, um, came in and, and helped us sort of uh, adapt his stories, but also come up with new stories in his same genre. Um, and what I loved about his book is that it is horror, certainly, but it's kind of, it sits in a subgenre of horror called weird fiction, um, which I think to me is always the best horror. Weird fiction is like, um, it sits really close to our natural world. Um, so it's a, it's a world that's really recognizable, but where like, you know, uh, supernatural elements, dark elements can, can sort of step forward out of the shadows and talk to a, a person living in a world that we recognize. Like I think Rosemary's baby is a really great example of like that weird fiction. Um, I really love Roman Polanski's Repulsion, which I think is a great example of that weird fiction where you're sort of allowed a deeper insight into your world through something that appears more dark and, um, and even at times like scary, demonic, but not always scary, sometimes also just strange and mystifying and beautiful. Um, and that's what Nathan's book does. Um, he's got a, it's an anthology of short stories that I thought were so very human and truly, truly rooted in our world. It's not a, it's not a world that's completely unrecognizable. Um, and 
I felt so connected to the material because of that, because we were, it was going to provide me, provide the writers, provide us with a platform to talk about real issues, real humans, our real current moment, um, but with uh, some kind of elevation, with a lift um, that would be both entertaining, but also um, uh, packed full of, of, of meaning. Yeah. So that's, that's what I loved about his book. And that's really what our show is, is mm-hmm. striving to do. So here's another soundcast that made it to 500 episodes in this case, back in September of 2021. So heartfelt congratulations to your show as well. The show does not have a dedicated Twitter account, but they do have a link tree. And uh, that is L A N K. T-R and then dot E-E forward slash writers panel, all lowercase W-R-I-T-E-R-S-P-A-N-E-L. Mary Laws is not on Twitter, but does have an Instagram, all lowercase M-A-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-L-A-W-S. That's Mary Christina Laws. Brandon Braga is on Twitter at capital B-R-A-N-N-O-N, capital B-R-A-G-A. And Matt Morgan can be found at M. Charles Morgan, capital M, capital C-H-A-R-L-E-S, capital M-O-R-G-A-N. And the host, Ben Blacker, can be reached on Twitter at Ben Blacker, capital B-E-N, capital B-L-A-C-K-E-R. You can also go to foreverdogpodcast.com forward slash podcast forward slash the hyphen writers hyphen panel. And they're also on Facebook at forward slash capital T, capital V, capital W, R-I-T-E-R-S, capital P-A-N-E-L. Friends, summer is just around the corner, so you might be thinking to yourself, gosh, it's time to get out the suntan lotion, rubber thongs, and good old Bermuda shorts. Stop right there, Pilgrim. Did you know that every time you slip on a pair of their shorts, the British Protectorate of Bermuda receives a two-cent royalty? That's right, which is why Henderson's Pants, a loyal and legal corporate entity of these United States since 1896, is introducing their Wake Island abbreviated trousers. Roomy and comfortable like the Bermuda shorts you've come to love, but with the freedom that comes from knowing you won't be helping out the subjects of our former British oppressors. The stylish Wake Island abbreviated trousers are named for the unincorporated tiny landmass in the North Pacific, which is a legal U.S. protectorate. Now, when those hot, sticky days of summer hit, slip on a pair of Henderson's Wake Island abbreviated trousers and go for a stroll on the beach, around the pool, or through the mall. Feel free to wear briefs, boxers, or nothing at all under your new snazzy and 100% American abbreviated trousers. Because, as a U.S. citizen, you have the right to stow your junk any way you choose. Originally designed for the U.S. Department of Immigration, Trout Farmers, and Dark Seedy Theaters, that's Henderson's Wake Island abbreviated trousers. Available wherever things you put your legs into are sold. And now back to more of Suckatash. And thank you, Bill Haywatt. Finally tonight, The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. It's another show that's been featured before on Suckatash, but its description says, Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone talk about ghosts and barbecue, maybe interview people, and maybe have had a few drinks before they started recording. This episode was recorded live from Humboldt County. In fact, it's called Live from Humboldt County. It was recorded in Eureka at the Savage Henry Comedy Club, which I have been to a few times, although not really since the pandemic. I do plan on going back because they have a lot of great live entertainment and a continuously vibrant comedy scene. So the show dropped on May 10th, 2022, and its description says, Kyle and Dave are live from the Savage Henry Comedy Club in beautiful Humboldt County, California. 
They get into some Squatch talk with local wizard Dr. Foxmeat and Robert Leiterman and Rowdy Kelly of the Bluff Creek Project. But, Dr. Foxmeat, you're a, uh, a local, let's just say legend. Yes. Uh, you grew up around here? I did not. Okay. But I've been here for quite some time. You've been here a while? Yeah. Um, any stories? Any encounters? The extent of my direct experience with Bigfoot or Sasquatch has been uh, Bobo. Anybody familiar with Bobo? The, yeah, Bobo, uh, drunk off of keg beer, hanging out on my back porch doing uh, Bigfoot calls. And then Matt Redbeard, who I'm sure you guys Redbeard, know. Redbeard, sure. He was out on my back porch one time, and he heard some, some branches creaking and cracking, and he was dead set that that was definitely Sasquatch out there. I think maybe on Bobo's, you know, because Bobo told me straight up, like, you know, the the place you're living, there's definitely Sasquatch out here. Now, I said there was a lot of keg beer involved, so <laughs> it's hard to say. But, um, yeah, that's been my direct experience with it. But, I mean, I grew up with Leonard Nimoy, you know, the Patterson-Gimlin footage, I mean, you know. And that's part of the reason why I've, you know wanted to be in this area. Yeah, some of it, yeah. Eureka seems to have a lot of red-eye witness accounts <laughs> of things where I'm like, all right, well, I saw something. What, what did you do before you saw a thing? Well, there's some mushrooms. Well, and, there and there's, a lot, there's a lot there that is, you know, like you're saying, that Patterson-Gimlin footage is just so captivating and convincing when you look at the, because the, the term Bigfoot was, the difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch, Bigfoot, the term, was actually coined in the Eureka Times Standard, and it ended up being uh, sort of a hoaxy sort of a thing. So it's, it's this constant push and pull for me. You know, I, uh, you know, you mentioned X-Files, I want to believe, you know, yeah. but there's definitely this constant push and pull. Yeah, that's been the theme of, like, when we ever talk about a subject is that there's enough true calamity in the world that it's hard, the older you get, it's harder to allow your imagination to take root. <laughs> like, you just look at the news and be like, what am I going to do, like, daydream about something that might make me happy? i got to worry about a war in Ukraine <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the, the wage disparity and everything. Like, uh, so I, I approach all these subjects from that standpoint. Like, the, I... I want to be on board with it. It's, it's when, like, uh, like Rob, like you were saying, if the research isn't done, the evidence isn't really looked at from an uh, inquisitive viewpoint, just like, well, look, here's a video. Like, all right, has anybody looked at the video, like really looked at it, or just went, like, I'm going to believe, so I'm going to believe any piece of evidence that comes along. And that's what undermines so many of these accounts for me, is because nobody's kind of even double-checked themselves because of how bad they want something to be. That they never even like. Well, I gotta. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's that's always the hardest part. Yeah. Is, yeah. And working on the shows that I've worked on, I've interviewed probably 60, 70 people, you know, for the shows. And once you interview that many people, there's always that chance that you know somebody's actually telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. And I've talked to a lot of old timers, you know, talking about being old, you know, it's not just young people seeing mm-hmm. this. These are old timers that are coming out of the woods. Yeah. Talking about it because 50 years ago or 40 years ago, it was not a cool thing to say. Yeah. You got yeah. ridiculed. But now with all the productions that are being made about it and a little more prevalence for people to believe in it, they're coming forward. And these guys are woodsmen, too. I mean, they know the difference between a bear, yeah. and they know the difference between an owl hoot 
and stuff like that. And, and, but what you guys are getting into and what he's talking about is an experience. Mm-hmm. You go out in the woods at night and you hear something creaking and cracking, mm-hmm. and that just becomes an experience. We're never going to prove Bigfoot that way. We're going to have to have a, a, either another really good video with some physical evidence or a body. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be proven by going out. And you guys were talking about this. You know, what's the difference between squatching and just going camping? Yeah, hanging out. Not really much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not really. It's got to be out there. Yeah, just got you got to be out there, yeah. and 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 what you know, Robert and I are fairly seasoned in being in the woods. We can differentiate what the sounds are out there most of the time. Mm-hmm. But both he and I have had experiences where, well, no, I've never heard that before. What, what's been the most uh, compelling? Uh, compelling uh, for me was for showing up at a very remote location in a three-car convoy. Um, me and one other person. Robert and his son were in another car and then one other car behind us. And it's a one-way in um, lake up in the mountains. And we pull in probably 11, 11.30 at night, something like that, because uh, we had a big camp out about seven miles away. And there were several people down at that camp out, but that was 2,000 feet below and, you know, several, several miles away. Anyway, we pull in, and um, as soon as uh, Bart and I get out, we hear what... Bobo does exactly mm-hmm. just the the huge male call I guess is what they're they're saying it is and we're like man that that could be Bobo but we know Bobo he's seven yeah. miles away he's not anywhere close to us mm-hmm. and there was no evidence of anybody else being there yeah um, only Bart and I heard it as we stepped out but it was very loud and uh, it was echoing off we kind of figured out where it was and we eventually did a a hike over that direction, me with a sound recorder and him with a uh, flur. I think he had his flur. Nothing really happened. We had some kind of weird, heavy thud. Um, but that that's the closest thing I've ever had. It was a very definitive call do, that I don't think anybody could have replicated that. What, what's your initial react? Do you get... Do you get- like, do you get scared? Do you get excited? Like, finally hearing something in person, or you're just kind of like, whoa, oh, wow, this is... Right, right. <laughs> wasn't re- Even though I've been doing this all the time, I wasn't ready to hear it. Well, when you hear something like that, and I'd only probably been uh, involved with the Bigfoot phenomena for about two years, so that, that when you first get into something like this, you're looking at every video, and you're, you're really doing your research, and you're out in the woods, and you're a little more sensitive. Yeah. Over the years, you become... A little bit mute to all that kind of stuff. Now, if I heard something like that again, again that would have been incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But at that time, yeah, it, it definitely excited us. Bart, who is a much more seasoned Bigfooter, so to say, was super excited about it. You know, yeah. and and he's pretty convinced that that was you know a, a male Sasquatch. We were in a prime location that had uh, previous sightings. You can find the show on Twitter at uh, Boogie Monster Pod which is capital B-O-O-G-I-E, capital M-N-S-T-R, capital P-O-D. Neither one of the guests are on Twitter, as far as I can tell, but if you search the Bluff Creek Project, that is B-L-U-F-F-C-R-E-E-K Project, on Twitter, you will definitely find mention of Ranger Robert Leiterman, and the Bluff Creek Project itself is on Twitter, at all lowercase, B-L-U-F-F-C-R-E-E-K-P-R-O. Dr. Foxmeat, can be found on Twitter at all lowercase D-O-C-T-O-R-F-O-X-M-E-A-T. And hosts Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone can be found at all lowercase Kyle Kinane, K-Y-L-E-K-I-N-A-N-E. And Dave Stone is all lowercase D-A-V-E-S-T-O-N-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y. 
And apparently the show's main website is at kylekinane.com, spelled the same way as before, and then forward slash boogie hyphen monster. And that brings us neatly to the end portion of this program. I do hope you found something to enjoy while you were listening. Podcasting has become such a huge part of the world of entertainment in the last 11 years since Succotash began. It's really fascinating to me right now, in this moment. It's a legitimate cultural phenomenon that shows no signs of ceasing to be a thing. And why would it? I wonder what, if any, long-term societal effects of this format will be on the generations of listeners and content providers. Or will the world survive long enough to look back on this period of time with any sort of nostalgic fondness? I suppose that remains to be seen. If you enjoyed this program, won't you take a moment to rate and or review us, wherever that applies? There's a whole archive of episodes going back to 2011 with some pretty quality content, much of which is, if nothing else, historical audio documents of the time in which they were made, more or less. Until next time, thank you for listening, be decent to each other, and go to www.tysoncenter.com to find other stuff I've been working on over the years, including gaming videos, music, and a whole other soundcast called Anti-Social Show that I co-host with Hunter Block. And if you happen to be asked if you've heard anything interesting lately, and we come to mind, won't you please pass the Succotash? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash u slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.